0: you could have chose to be you chose to be right here with us on breakfast with champions and that means the world to me and i absolutely stinking love you for it so with that said we are excited to launch the new breakfast with champions podcast thanks so much hey hey hey
1: yo come on let's do it again from the diaphragm hey 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 Hey. 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 Hey, hey Does that hey, sound
0: like hey, millionaire haze? Hey. hey? hey.
1: hey. Right, let's do, uh, let, let, let's do, let's do, I want one person right now to say hey, like you literally just look at your bank account and a million dollars more is in that bank account. Hey. 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 hey.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: that's the winner right hey, there hey hey hey! i got you bill i
0: got you Bill. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh man that's amazing so uh welcome everyone this is breakfast with champions think about that word champions this is the number one room on all of clubhouse this room happens every single morning if you don't show up every day what the heck are you doing Start showing up every day. Don't just be sporadic about this. Show up every day. Consume all these amazing thought leaders and all the content that they put together for you so you can advance your business, your life, your finances, and uh, also make sure you share this with your friends because today we're going into one of my favorite topics. What's that? Who wants to say what it is? Yes.
0: (laughs) Money! Yes.
1: <laughs> yes, we're going into money and I have six steps that we're going to be talking about together today about how do you get your money right? And I'm going to approach this from a different angle than I typically would. We're going to first look at, uh, how do you actually get clear on your targets around money? Right? Because the biggest, the actual biggest step to advancing the financial well being of your life, of your business, of your career, is I found it always comes down to getting clear on what is the target, what is the target, what is the target, what is the target. So, yesterday I had the privilege and honor of interviewing the one and only Brian Tracy in front of hundreds of people in my audience, uh, live on a webinar. And he, it was so amazing. Uh, and he basically broke down the seven steps. Brian Tracy has he's the OG of personal development. He's presented in front of 5 million people. He's written the number one book on goal setting at one point in time. Number one on uh, number number one business book. He wrote, eat that frog. He wrote, um, which is one of the number one books on time management and productivity, uh, spoken in front of 5 million people and built a very successful, uh, training enterprise. He's coached three billionaires. And yesterday when I was interviewing Brian, he, I asked him what's the difference between winners and losers, which is one of his favorite questions. And he broke down the seven steps to, uh, basically setting and achieving any goal, right? And the first three of those seven steps really, really stood out to me. And I'm going to explain them to you. This is when people, he did this with a sample size of a thousand people. And he said live that all 1000 people doubled their revenue in 30 doubled their, their take home income and or revenue in 30 days. And some of them did it in seven days. Now, let me ask a question to everyone to make sure everyone's awake. Does anybody here want to know what those three steps are? Well, yeah, Hell yeah. yeah, absolutely. Yes. Yeah. Ah, dude. Okay. 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 <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Then I will explain them. Okay. A thousand people tested this on and here they are so simple. Step one within this step. Step one is decide (laughs) sounds so simple, right? Decide exactly how much money you're going to make personally decide exactly how much money you're going to make within your business. If you run a business right now, deciding isn't wishing it's not, I'd like to do X. It would be nice if I made X right. Deciding is burning the ships and saying this is happening, and I am willing to dedicate whatever it takes in order to reach this goal. So that's step one: decide. Someone unmute and say, "Decide, decide, 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 decide. 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 Just do it. Yeah, decide, decide. This is happening, right?" Now, when you just decide and you don't do anything after it, do you think that works? No, absolutely not. Yes. It does not work when you just decide in your head and you keep it private and you don't tell anyone, but the next step, step number two is write it down, right? It sounds so simple. Decide where I'm going to go. Step two is write it down right now. Do you think if you wrote it down one day, that's going to have as big of an impact as writing it down every single day? Of course not. Right? So decide and write it down. Now they did a study on this and they looked at people who had graduated college. I know some of you have probably heard this study and they looked at how many people who graduated this college wrote down their goals. And when they looked at the math, they found, I want to get the statistics right, they found that 3% of people actually had written goals at the time of graduation. 3% of people had written goals at the time of graduation. Okay? Now, next, 12% of people, they had goals, but they didn't write them down. So I'll say that again, 3% of the people studied who graduated this college had written goals. 12% of them had goals, but they were not written down. The rest of them had no clear goals. They measured the financial success of these three cohorts of people. Okay, who graduated school. Now I want to ask for some guesses right now in the audience and everyone who's on stage, what do you think was the difference between the people who wrote down their goals? I'm sorry. Let's start with this. What do you think was the difference between the people who didn't have goals and the people who had goals, but they didn't write them down? What was the difference in, in financial success? Was it, did they make double the money, triple, you know, 50% more. What do you think? At least double. Yep. So the actual answer you got it right is double. So they looked at it and it was 200, it was a two X increase. So those that didn't have any goals versus those that had them, but didn't write it down, it was two X, they made double the money. So that right there is a, that is a huge difference, right? Double, the money. That means if someone was making 50,000 on that, the the group of people who had no goals, that other person who had the goals, but didn't write them down was making a hundred thousand dollars. Now the third category was staggering. The difference in income between those who had no goals and those that had written goals was 10 times. 10 times that means that if someone in the lower group here was making $50,000 a year, the 3% of people who had written goals made $500,000 per year on basically on that number. Think about how crazy that is. Is it hard to write down your goals? No, it's not hard to write down your goals. So that is the second step is decide exactly what you're gonna do, like what you're gonna take in personally and in business, if you have one, write it down is step two, right? And then step three, okay, is set a deadline. Those three steps through time and time again, and all these studies that have been done, those three steps, if used alone, will have a bigger impact on any area of your life and separately on your finances than any other thing I will talk about here today. And it's not me saying it, it's millions and millions of people. So everything I'm saying right now doesn't matter if you are not writing down your goals every single day. Bill, can I say something? This is, Pam. Now, if you were to just write them, just write them every single day, everything would change for you. The problem is we make it bigger than it is. Writing down your goals is not crazy. It's not hard. You write it down in the present tense. Okay. When you write down, uh, let's say you write down your goals, uh, three days ago, you don't look at the goals you wrote down three days ago. You rewrite them from your head. That means they're going to be worded somewhat differently every single day. And then you do your absolute heart. You try your absolute hardest to do it for 30 days straight and everything in your life will change. Everything in your life will change every opportunity. Every, everything that seems like a problem immediately becomes an opportunity. You wonder what is it about these people who are so positive and, and, and bouncing and uplifting and, and smiling through adversity. It's their brain is focused on where they're going. Their brain is focused naturally. This is the key. And they studied this with Olympic athletes olympic winners gold winners they they are able to make micro decisions in periods of adversity meaning if things go wrong in the middle of the olympic game games those the champions they can make micro decisions really quickly because of all the preparation that they've done micro decisions when adversity hits but if you haven't written your goals you can't make those micro decisions you can't speed through adversity real quick and go, okay, where are we going? Oh, is this an, is this a problem or an opportunity? 9.999999 times out of 10, everything that you think is an adversity is actually an opportunity, but it can't be if you're not focused on where you're going. So if there's one phrase to be going through your head constantly to take our lives to the next level, it's where are we going? What's the target? 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 Okay, number 2. On this on this uh on these six steps that I'm that I'm going to be walking us through is is upgrade your identity. Upgrade your identity. Upgrade your identity. Upgrade your what? Upgrade your what? Identity. Your identity. Okay. So it's not enough to write down your goals and then go and hunch over on the sofa and eat Cheetos all day, right? In the fetal position, it's 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 not enough if your identity doesn't actually match the goals. Now, a lot of people like say, you know, uh, you know, Tony Robbins says raise your standards and all these people talk about, you know, you got to you got to you got to change your identity. You got to change all the There is actual science behind changing your identity. It's not like some pipe dream. It's not some positive self-talk thing where you talk yourself into becoming a different person. It's pretty simple. There's three ways to change your identity. You change your beliefs, you change your habits and you change your action set. Beliefs, habits, actions, beliefs, habits, actions. If you change your beliefs, you change your habits, you change your actions, your identity changes. You can't just change your identity without changing your beliefs, your habits and your actions. Right? So beliefs, habits and actions are the actual supporting functions of your identity. So how do you change your beliefs? Uh, They do this every, there's an entire industry on this. Okay. This is what psychologists do. And there's a tool that's called cognitive behavioral therapy. And they've done this with people who have, crazy, uh, you know, like fears around, like maybe you're super scared about snakes or something. And in five minutes with an expert, you you can sometimes overcome an acute fear like that. How do you do that? You change beliefs, right? There's desensitization. There's all these things I'm not going to go into. But at the end of the day, your beliefs are the lens through which you see the world. Right. And you change that by changing your language patterns, right? So changing, I can't into how can I every, everywhere you say I can't in your life, it's impossible. I can't do this. That's not me. Okay. Replace that with how can I, That's called a quality question. Quality questions are the gateway drug to you changing your beliefs. Positively. Okay. The next one is your habits. Like there's books on this, the power of habit, Charles Duhigg. It's pretty simple. You change the routine, right? And you change your habits. It's, there's a three step process that Charles Duhigg created or not created, but identified cue routine reward, right? Is how he labels it. Now people have identified it before him, but cue routine reward. Very simple. So think about this in the middle of the day, when you feel like you're lower energy, okay, that is a cue. So let's say in the middle of the day, you start feeling lower energy. Let's say it's 2 PM, right? That is a cue. Feeling mental fatigue is a cue. The routine to respond to that cue for most human beings is to get some caffeine, snack, right? Or uh, binge through social media, right? That is a, those aren't ideal routines. So you change your habits by changing your routines in response to a cue. So if you're lower energy throughout the day and you replaced your routine of eating candy to wake yourself up or scrolling through social media to wake yourself up because of the dopamine hit that comes from it, And you replace that routine with the routine of taking a walk outside, putting your shoulders back, breathing through your diaphragm, calling someone you love, you know, doing a breathing exercise, doing a quick meditation, right? I do this all the time. I'll do a quick meditation throughout the day whenever I feel overwhelmed or like I'm losing energy. And it's like a flood of energy just, just, just comes right to my brain again, just by closing my eyes because of all the artificial light that we consume. So what if you just change your routines? Cause you get closer to becoming the person that deserves the financial success that you need and must achieve in your life. Could you get closer to that if you change your routines? Yes or no? Let me know. Let me know. Yes or no. Yes. 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 yes thank you yes okay the third step to changing your identity comes down to changing your action set right your body believes what you do more than what you say so the way you change your action set is using what i call the four c's framework which i learned from one of my coaches dan sullivan he talks about how Commit first, okay, commit, courage, capability, confidence. It's like this four-step cycle. If we can learn, instead of whenever we want to advance and create something new in our lives, if we can learn the habit of committing first, right, rather than trying to build up the capability first, we will advance faster than you ever imagined in in our lives. See, most people think, I need to build the capability before I commit, before I take the action. That is completely false. You build the capability by committing to the activity you must do to reach your goals. You commit. And the commitment is an action. The commitment is not, I wrote down my goal and I told someone the commitment is I took the first action. Commitments happen in two places show me your calendar show me your wallet and i'll tell you if you committed i don't need to hear anything about you know you telling me you committed show me your calendar is there a calendar commitment have you scheduled something for this action nothing in the calendar great i don't need you to say a thing i don't need you to say anything you didn't commit second is it in the wallet meaning Have you transacted? Have you purchased something? Right. Change your ability, your change, your beliefs, change your habits, change the way that you take action first on your goals. You will change your identity. Okay. All right. So that's step number two, upgrade your identity. Step number one was follow those three steps for setting goals. Decide, write it down, set a deadline. Okay. Now the third step, this is where I believe this is where I know for on my, on my end of the equation after writing down my goals for six years, which is if someone were to hold a gun to my head and say, Bill, you three seconds, tell everyone your number one secret to, you know, whatever you've done in the last five years. I would go, uh oh, uh 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 wrote my goals every day. That that's what I would say. So that's number one. The problem is after you start writing down your goals every day, um you you can get too married to the goal and not detailed enough with how the goal is gonna get done. Right? So Number three is what I call create focus on lead indicators. Create focus on lead indicators. So it's one thing to write down every single day. I make $20 million a year. I make $20 million. I make a million a year. I make X per year. I make X per year. I do X in revenue per year. I do, I do blah blah blah. blah, 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 blah. Eventually, Your subconscious mind needs a plan. Napoleon Hill wrote about this in the book, Think and Grow Rich. Like your, your subconscious mind at some point needs some plan, some way to get it done. Right? So think about this. What if you had one goal that you would absolutely positively get done, but Every single day, you wrote down 10 ways that you can get that goal done. Ah, see that? Now your brain's thinking, oh, well, if I just, you know, if you're in business for yourself, you start thinking, like, oh, well, if I just increase my average price by X, and if I just serve this different customer group, if I just expand this, I could easily reach my financial target. You see the difference there, right? It's your brain is starting to be able to grab onto the contributing factors to this big, hairy, audacious goal, BHAG, right? Hey listeners, if you enjoy listening to Breakfast with Champions, we can bet you care about your daily routine. Do you wanna know the secret to the perfect routine? It's the perfect morning. Glenn has written a free ebook called The Morning Five five simple steps to an extraordinary morning. If you can transform your morning, you can transform your life. Head on over to themorning5.com to learn more about the five ways you can change the way you start your day. So once we see a path, you're able to sprint. Now, if you don't have a clear path to your goal, should you still be sprinting, yes or no? What do you think? five audio messages uh, <laughs> of course. You should still be sprinting. You're cutting out of it. You should always be sprinting. I don't care if you have a crappy plan. I don't care how crappy your plan is. You must always be sprinting. When you look at, you know, marathon runners, they basically run at a sprint pace for the entire marathon. So if you wanna win the championship, you gotta get used to sprinting all the time with or without a plan. The reason I'm putting this as number three on this list is because it's kind of like a when you get to it type thing. When you, when you get the time, okay, yeah, get detailed on your plan, but you gotta believe the goal is real. You gotta have it front and center. You gotta have your identity there. The identity and the goal is more important than the how-to, but the how-to is important. So if I were to put this into two words, I'd say, Detail it, not detail your car. I'd say detail the goal. So as we've scaled our business to 12 million in revenue in four years from a complete startup and coming up on 45 full-time team members, we did this by articulating our annual plan with such painstaking detail that it's easy to take courageous leaps. Right. So at the beginning of this year, every year, like clockwork, I don't know where it came from. I've always made these Excel spreadsheets at the beginning of the year that literally just says, I will make X in revenue in January, Y in February, Z in March. And I go through every single month of the year, write it down. And then I don't stop there. I go, okay, what needs to happen? for me to hit that revenue number in February, in March, in April, June. Okay. Well, we have this event coming up. We expect this much revenue from this. We have, we have this, uh, uh, this many average sales leads coming in, in our business. We expect this close rate. Um, therefore we can reasonably expect at this average transaction value, we'll get this right, et cetera. And you go down the list and you look at all your revenue sources and then as the captain of your life, as the CEO of your life, you have to make sure that the plans attached to each of those numbers are bulletproof, right? So are the plans supporting my major definite purpose or my mega goal, are the plans behind it bulletproof? But more importantly than the plans is do I have the right team Who, not how, right? Do I have the right who's on my bus? See, you could try and do all this research and hire all these coaches on. I always say this for, um, you know, law firm owners that I coach, like you could go try and come up with this magical marketing plan for your law firm, or you could just go poach the top marketing director in your market for the biggest law firm in your market and just tell them, hey, do what you did for the other firm for me. It's a complete cheat code. People have the plans that you need more than you ever will. People within them have the plans to everything you could ever want in life. Other people have the plans. You don't need to go and hire a thousand coaches on all these things that you're not gifted in. You need to just probably find the person aligned with them that already has the plan that you need. How can I do that if I don't have the money? How can I do that if I don't have the credibility? Uh, You will have the money and the credibility when you're clear on your targets. Like, you know, last year, I mean, I, I, you know, before I started actually interviewing people on, on my talk show, like I was completely a nobody. And now I've interviewed Damon, John, Jocka willing, Brian Tracy, Patrick Beth, David, Ed, Milette, Jordan Belford, Grant Cardone, Kevin Harrington, Vern Harnish, Dan Sullivan, Jay Abraham, Dr. Robert Cialdini, Evan Carmichael. 20 of the largest law firm owners in the United States doing over a hundred million in revenue. Why, why, how, like how did I interview those people? Well, I had a freaking target to create the biggest talk show ever in the, in the legal industry. That was the target. That was the target. So what did my first email say to these people when I reached out to them to interview them? Hey, my name's Bill. I run the largest talk show in the legal industry. We have a slot on X day at X time just had a speaker cancel. And I want, I want you to be the next person that we interview. here are the other people that we're planning on interviewing the upcoming weeks. This is before anything existed, right? We didn't even have any, any, I've never interviewed anyone, but I'd written down the goal so many times that that conviction carried through in the emails that I sent. Right? And people are, whoa, wait, the biggest talk show, what? Hey, if I don't believe it's true, will anybody else believe it's true? Yes or no? Nope. No way. Nope. So you have to believe it's true to the point where people are laughing and criticizing you that is the number one key that is the number one indicator nobody's smirking right no one's <laughs> no one's chuckling okay you probably don't have any conviction then so they're not intimidated okay so that's number 3 create focus on lead indicators create focus on the things that you can do to contribute to your financial or your personal goals and detail it, get it super detailed. And then understand there's certain things you should not be the person detailing the plans for. You should be finding people smarter than you to create the plans for you. Like I wish you guys could could see my calendar like yesterday or I think it was yesterday or on Monday. I, I had a call with this agency advisor who's helped scale like a couple agencies past the $70 million mark. And I just, I keep just paying him money for consulting sessions, no agenda. And I just, I literally just, uh, I had a call with this guy on Monday and I'm like, yeah, I, 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 I don't know what I don't know. So I need, I need you to tell me what questions I should be asking you because I, I don't know what to ask you. He was like, Oh, that's fine. He was like, I wish more people came in like that. Most people who hire him for consulting come in with all these questions and they're like, well, how do I do this? How? But they're the wrong questions. So I asked this, this advisor guy, what questions should I be asking you? Cause I don't know what I don't know. I always joke around and say, as soon as we broke the $1 million mark in my company, I ran out of answers. <laughs> like I was just a sales guy. Right. And I've ran out of answers now that we're 10 times beyond that. Like, I I don't have all the answers. I can delude myself. I can be delusional thinking. I'm, I can read 4,000 books and come up with all the answers. That's just pretty stressful, though. There's a reason that most of the successful CEOs in the world have lower IQs. Because they're able to delegate. They're able to go, I don't get that stuff. I just want to just hire people that can do it. higher IQ, the more likely you are to work for someone else. So you got to like, we all need to dumb down a little bit, just get dumber and take action all the time. Get used to looking stupid and people laughing at you, right? You'll, you'll learn way more by feeling stupid than you will by feeling smart. Okay. Number four, solve a bigger problem, have a bigger impact. So, Once we're clear on our target, once we created focus around it, once we've upgraded our identity, step number four is to solve a bigger problem. Now this is step four for a reason. Okay. You shouldn't be focused on solving a bigger problem right off the bat. Right? So we should be focused on how do we solve a problem that everyone in my industry would need. We should be focused on that after we've solved a little problem. But as soon as you've solved a little problem, how fast can you go to solving a bigger problem? And then how can you go to a bigger problem? How can you go to a bigger problem? See, most people don't innovate their business model, right? They just go, well, I'm in this line of business. I'll just milk it out for until I die or until I retire you can change your line of business. Like you can expand what products you offer right now. We can't let that distract from what our core competencies are. But if your core competency, if your core competency doesn't work, nobody cares if your core competency is, well, I'm really good at massaging people's pinky toes. That's just, that's my thing. You know, that's what I'm really good at. Okay. What's the market for that? Uh well, just follow your passion as what I heard from someone. Follow your passion. Okay. And the market will occur. No, it won't. There's never going to be a market for massaging pinky toes. Right? So like, go get passionate about something else. Solve a bigger problem. Right? So solving a bigger problem is comes from talking to your client base. right? If, you, if you're in business for yourself or you work for someone, you talk to your employer. If you work for someone, talk to your clients. If you don't work for someone, you work for yourself. People are afraid to hear harsh criticism about their product or service. It's insane to me. Insane, you should be uh, like obsessing over getting negative feedback all the time about your product or service. If you're in business for yourself. The more customers complain, the more you can learn and innovate your product. If you're hiding yourself from complaints, you're not innovating. When you look at Jeff Bezos, interviews on this on innovation, he always smirks when he talks about customer complaints. He's so fascinated. I just bought this book called the secret lives of customers. And what Jeff Bezos talks about is how customers will never be happy. Okay. Amazon gets thousands and thousands and thousands of unhappy customer service emails every single day, daily. And they're one of the largest market cap companies in the world. It's not about making everyone happy. It's about providing a service that fills a true need. And then listening, 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 listen, 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 don't get defensive. Listen, if someone says, Hey, when I buy your product or service, it's really frustrating at step X. It's really frustrating to get onboarded with you. It's really frustrating to do this part of what service you provide. Now, if you work for someone else and you solve that problem, you'll immediately get promoted. Nobody does this stuff, everyone just sticks in their lane, goes, Oh, this is my job, this is my job, this is my job. Yeah, you should see at our company. Like we have like I, when people join, since we're so rapidly growing, like 35% of the people who join my company within the first six months get promoted to a manager role or hire. And it's all the people who took action on stuff without me telling them to. There's, oh yeah, I just went and built X. I'm like, oh cool, you're promoted. Here's the raise. right? Solve a bigger problem to solve a bigger problem. You have to listen better. We all can do so much better at this. Yesterday I sent surveys to my clients, which I do all the time, by the way. And all I asked them were negative questions. I'll give you an example of the negative questions that I asked. (laughs) I asked them. One of the questions that I asked was, what do you hate about our product? (laughs) Wait, I should actually read these real quick. I said, what do you hate about our product? Um, I said, "Um, why would you cancel with us? Why would you cancel with us, our marketing services? What frustrates you most about our product? Okay, (laughs) I asked this other question. Do you, since we have a, a content driven brand and we have a marketing agency attached to it, I asked people, do you work with our marketing agency just because you saw Bill do an event and you thought that he was entertaining and you signed up and you don't really even know what you signed up for and you, you don't know if anything that we provide is unique. Like every question I, I want to ask my customers are negative questions. Because people are conflict avoidant. If you ask someone for feedback on what value you're providing to the world most times people are going to give you a nothing answer, a tacit approval answer, which is kind of positive, but not enough detail for it to be actionable, which is the cancer to improvement, by the way, is kind words because I don't want to offend you. Right? So you have to seek negative feedback, but if you seek negative feedback, And I call this a, uh, uh, um, so we used to have a core value at our company. We used to say, be open-minded. That was one of our core values in the past. And then we changed it and we've since gotten gotten rid of this core value because it didn't make sense for us, but we changed it to open-minded improvers, right? Because we had a couple members on our team who were open-minded and every time we'd give them feedback, they'd go, oh, yeah. Oh, thanks for the feedback. Oh, yeah, yeah, thanks for... Oh, th- thanks so much for the feedback. Oh, th- thanks so much for th- th- thank you. And then we look at okay, did any of your behavior change? And what do you think? Does anyone want to take a guess? Did their behavior change? Yes or no? I'm gonna go with a solid no, Bill. <laughs> yeah, their behavior didn't change, right? So we said we want open-minded improvers. We want people who take negative feedback and immediately when. Immediately. immediately. I said immediately. immediately. I said when. Immediately. Okay. Well, can I put my calendar right now? Who can I reach out to right now to improve this? How can I have a meeting on this right now change this right now, right now? Right when? Right, right, now. Now. right now. 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 Right now. Right now. Right now. Right now. now. Right now. now. Okay. Even Glenn Lundy can sing opera now. You just hear that? No, 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 no. It's
0: because my, it's cause of my right. little hippo,
1: bro. That's my little hippo singing. He's a, he's, a, he's <laughs> my little hippo's an opera singer. Open-minded improvers seek negative feedback from everything that you do, and then the same thing applies personally. When you run a company, or when you are the leader of your life, again, people don't want to give you criticism. So the CEO of Netflix, Reed Hastings, he actually enforces his team, you have to give negative feedback to Reed three times a year and it's detailed and they rip him to shreds. They go, you know, you you trampled over me in this meeting, you basically made all my ideas feel invalid, right? Now again, the same way you respond to to criticism of self is gonna be the same way if you run a business, you'll respond to criticism of your product or service. You get defensive. No, 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 you don't get, you're not going to improve. Listen, 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 listen. Okay. The next one is number five, understand transaction math and get close to the money. This ties into the tying detail to your financial goals, right? tie detail to your financial goals. Get really granular. What five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten 10 things need to happen in order for you to reach this financial goal. The transaction math, okay, is where the rubber hits the road. Now, when I say transaction math, I mean this from many different perspectives. Whether you work for someone, whether you run your own business, every dollar that comes in ever in history, comes in from a sale. It comes in from a sale. It comes in from a what? A sale. A sale. A sale. 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 Okay. Someone sold something to someone. Try and say that 10 times fast. (laughs) Someone sold something to someone. The money was collected. And in somehow, some way, if you work for someone based on the value that you provide in that organization, you got a direct deposit. And for the owners of companies here, you received it in your bank account. So transaction math is a mindset where you take all these airy fairy goals that you have in your life and you tie them down to how does this change the transactions of my business, of my life or of the business that I'm a part of. Right. Okay. Well, I want to do this. So when we create our goals, like we have clear client upgrade goals that has an upside potential to our math equation right we have cold cold uh we have basically we call it like a cold lead sales goals we have event sales goals we have renewal sales goals we have and then we tie all of our strategic initiatives back to the important numbers in our transaction math so in our business we have you know almost 300 active clients paying us anywhere from Two to ten thousand dollars a month, and so our goal is to retain those clients on the operation side of our business. If we lose all of our clients tomorrow, we don't have a business. How do you retain clients? You retain clients in a coaching and marketing business, you retain them by providing a service that delivers the results you said you would have delivered for someone, Challenges for the girl, right? right? So we have to work backwards from, in our business model, how do we retain clients, right? Well, we do it through client experience. We do it through the results of our product, right? And we do it through product innovation. Those are our three needle movers. Beneath those three needle movers for retaining clients, we then have to go into, okay, what are our client experience strategies, right? So let's go into client experience. Okay, let's double click on that. Okay, well, we hired John Rulon, who uh, is the author of the book, Giftology, who I've interviewed and close friends with now. And he basically sets up this whole gifting system for your clients, right? So paid him 20 grand to handle that for me and whatever we pay him per month, right? Okay, we have our net promoter score surveys that we send to all of our clients that rate us on a scale of one to 10 on how happy they are, right? We have, we have initiatives behind how to produce a high customer rating net promoter score on the email touch points that we send to our clients. Right. What's in those emails, what videos links are in those emails. Right. So you notice with any of the goals in your business, you can always double click on that, double click on that, double click, go deeper, go deeper, go deeper, go deeper. deeper, And, but you know that it all results in that end transaction of the client sticking with you longer as an example. We can use that same example for sales. We can use that same example for marketing, right? For example, for an event, right? We're holding this big event uh, next week with Jocko Willink, Brian Tracy, um, and we'll have about 80 people in person. We'll have about 500 virtually. And this event, we know what our sales target is for this event. In order to reach the sales target, we know our number one Metric that we have to hit is our number of registrants, right? We gotta hit 650 registrants total for this event, right? So I know that's my North Star number. If we hit 650 registrants, everything else will fall into place. So my marketing team has strategies for that. Okay, what emails do we need to send? How much do we have to spend on ads? Um, What do we have to put into the funnel to upgrade people to the VIP tickets that we have at the event, right? All these micro, 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 micro strategies all to produce one sales goal at an event, right? So this ties into, okay, understanding the transaction math and getting close to the money. No matter where you're at in your life, if you go closer to the money, you will make more money. Right. It's just, it is what it is. I mean, that's why learning sales is the fastest way to make $200,000 a year. Cause you're right at the money business owners are happy to pay for direct money. Cause it's low risk salesperson brought in X number of sales. I'll pay you X commission for that. It's low risk. It's more risky to hire someone who does some operations role that you don't really know what their impact is on the bottom line. That's why, historically, operations roles get paid less than sales and marketing roles. Okay, so that's number five. Understand transaction math, get close to the money. Get close to the what? To the huh? Money, 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 show me the money, 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 money,
0: money, money, money. Close to the money.
1: The hippo was rapping. All right, number six, number six. He's a rapper and an opera singer. He's both. (laughs) (laughs) Number six is do what doesn't scale and doesn't provide an ROI immediately. I know, it sounds crazy. So we went through all the ways for you to make money now, but I had to throw in number six. Do things that don't scale. Do things that don't provide an immediate ROI. There is so much competition for cash grabs right now. Make cash now, you know, whatever it's, it's not, it's too competitive, right? So I always talk about the example of what, you know, what we've done with our talk show, which has built a, you know, almost, just around a six figure email list, almost a hundred thousand emails. And nobody does it. Nobody does the talk show strategy. And the reason is because it's extremely risky and there's no ROI to having a talk show. Right. But there's also less competition and we, and we do a webinar based talk show. So we spend, you know, 10 to $15,000 a week promoting the show. And then all the cumbersome back and forth, it takes the book speakers like Jocko Willink and, and, you know, uh, Damon John and all these other people that we interview, like, it's so freaking hard. It's, it's, you can hear my tone of voice. Like booking speakers is the hardest freaking thing ever. And spending all the money on the ads, right? But it's a competitive moat, as Warren Buffett says. All successful businesses have a competitive moat of some sort. Right? What is your competitive moat? So, the, the best competitive moats in business come, down, come from the things that are hard to scale and don't provide an immediate ROI. Everything that's hard to scale and doesn't provide an immediate ROI, people sprint away from because they don't have the courage to do it. Right. So they're just like, okay, how can I, this is where you see like people in, in businesses, like they'll just buy leads. If you're in a leads based business, okay. A real estate agent will like, okay, let me just buy leads. Let me just pay per lead. The quality of leads you get are dramatically lower. You're not able to build a brand when you buy leads. Right. And then there's just a couple people in every market in every industry, local market, who goes? I'm going to build a brand, right? Why building a brand? Glenn Lundy's a great example of this. Like building a brand is, it's you can't really even touch it. I mean, it's like a feeling. It's like, it's like all this consistency. It's like, it's just this feeling that your market gets about you, and the attention that that market gets in that process. It's a short pool. money
0: versus long money bill. It's Justin.
1: Yeah. Right. So if you were to just focus and this is the hard part, because I understand you need to get a cash surplus in order to spend time and money on the things that have a delayed ROI or a delayed return on investment. Right. So, okay. Stop making excuses. Go get the money. Don't freaking stop until you have a million dollars in your bank account. That should be the number one battle target. Million dollars is in my bank account. Okay. Well, what do I need to learn in order to do that? I need to learn sales and marketing. Once a million dollars is in your bank account, then you can start making bets. You can start taking longer term investment decisions in your business. Right. So it's possible to do this. It really is possible to snap your fingers and in one year have a million in a bank. The question is, is that the target? Which comes all the way back, comes all the way back to the first point of today's session. I told you guys when I interviewed Brian Tracy yesterday, he said three things. Decide what your goal is, write it down and set a deadline. Here's where we're going, it's written down and here's the deadline. It all roads lead to that. Once that goal is crystal clear, like right now, if, it's, if money's the top problem, that should be the goal. You shouldn't listen to what I'm saying about delayed ROI you should go collect a lot of money, collect, 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 collect. Literally into the point where you get sick of how much money you have and you're like, dang, man, this tax bill is gonna be crazy. Like, I don't even know where to spend it. Okay, until that's the problem, that's the problem. Does that make sense? Until that's the problem, that is your number one problem. Now you can choose, you can choose a different route than what I'm saying here. There's plenty of technology co-founders like of technology companies that just live broke forever. And most of their ideas never work. Right. And some people become billionaires. It all comes down to your standards, right? If your standard is, I'm going to build a business and I'm going to collect a lot of money, you'll get what your standard is. If you believe that in order to build my business, I have to sacrifice my health, okay, then you will sacrifice your health. If you believe that the answer to building my business is I must get my health in check to have the energy sustained to build my business, the way I do one thing is the way I do everything, then you'll get healthy as you build your business. If you believe that committing to business is an either or game with, am I going to spend time with my family or build a business? Okay. If you build the business, you'll abandon your family. The standard is I can build my, my business with my family and let them in on it and use that as life lessons and connection with my family. Then you'll do that. That's why every single day when I write down my goals, I write down not just business goals, I write down my business, health, wealth, personal wealth, business wealth, right? And then my mental or spiritual goals, because my standard is, I believe, with every fiber in my body, I believe in order to reach the next level in your business, I believe you have to get better. At your health, you have to get better at your mindset. Hence, why meditation. As I've as I've scaled my business, I now meditate three times as much as I did in the past. As I've scaled my business, I now am, you know, half the body fat that I was when I started my business. Right? Because that's that's my belief. I, I could be wrong, sexy, but I don't man? care. That
0: last, I mean, that last event that you had, you were looking pretty good. I was
1: like, dang man, Bill's pretty sexy. Look at that guy. <laughs> oh man, I appreciate that, man. This hippo is a nice guy and he's talented too. He's can rap and sing opera. That's pretty cool. Um, he's got to learn how to moonwalk. That that should be the next photo that you have of him. So uh, moonwalking
0: um, hippo, I like that. I like that That's good idea.
1: <laughs> so guys, I'm at the end of my session. I hope you guys found value in that. The six steps to summarize them for you. Number one, okay? Write down, decide, and set a deadline for your goals. Number two, upgrade your identity attached to those goals. Number three, create focus on the lead indicators, okay? The things that you can control that will have an impact on those goals. Number four, solve a bigger problem and listen to negative feedback about your service, okay? Number five, understand the transaction math. Get real close to the money. Understand how your efforts will impact the money in whatever business you're in. And number six do what doesn't scale and doesn't produce an immediate ROI. Cause that's where all the opportunity is. Find a way to make an ROI from something that nobody else sees an ROI in. That's it guys. My name is bill Houser. This is the end of my segment. If you want to uh, attend my event next week, uh, which will be with Jocko Willink, Brian Tracy, uh, and two guys doing over a hundred million dollars in revenue. It's the fire up your firm event. If you click on my Instagram, You'll see a link to that in my bio. Uh, we have a couple virtual seats left. This will be uh, actually an in-person event that We, we should link it to the
0: top of the room. Let's just link
1: it right here. What's the link? Tell uh, it to me. I, how do I do it? Do I do the share I'll, thing I'll at the I'll bottom? Do it. Tell heart- it to me. Tell me what's, what's All right, it's left? www.
0: http hold on. www Okay, got it. Okay, fire up your firm.
1: Fire up your firm. Okay. .com and then it's slash virtual hyphen tickets. Hyphen. Virtual slash tickets. Virtual hyphen tickets. I got it. I put it there, Glenn.